Hi, creative minds, and welcome back to the Savvy Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Castaneda, and today my guest is a poet, writer, and vocalist from Inglewood, California. She studied creative writing at USC and published her first book of poetry with World Stage Press out of historical Limerick Park. She recently released a chapbook entitled The Humble Commode and looks forward to sharing her sophomore book of poetry in 2019 and her first play, Papa Plays the Bass, Welcome, Melania Williams. Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. I'm really excited to uh, talk about creativity tonight. Yes, and speaking of creativity, I love that title, The Humble Composer. <laughs> I'm curious, what is it? Like satire or? Wow, um, it's definitely funny. Um, it's, it's an ode to the morning pages that I do. Um, everyone is always like, do you write every day? And I'm like, yeah, but I don't tell them that I write on the commode. I write on the toilet. Um, so sometimes people are like, how do you get it done? And I'm like, well, I get it done. And then I thought to myself, uh, I was on the toilet one day and I thought, these are some thoughts that um, I would like to share with other people. They're like my morning thoughts. And um, I like to share in community. And I'm like, one of the one things that, that really connects us all is the bathroom. Yeah. Cool. I, don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't have to go. And I don't know a lot of people who don't find the bathroom as their sanctuary. And so I just thought it would be an interesting way to just kind of connect people with like, when you're having that moment, you could be doing some things, you could be writing. And so that's where the humble commode was birthed. <laughs> Oh my God, that was so not the answer I was expecting. The morning pages, I thought it was going to be like a daily reflection. I love that twist. Like, shower, right? We get our ideas in the shower. Yes. And like, it's a pocket of time where we don't think of realizing it. And like, I know as a mom, I don't get any privacy in the bathroom. My only privacy. But uh -huh. that's crazy. So what kind of, like, you must have some brilliant ideas that come out of there. Like... Um, I have a lot of like, just thoughts that come to me. Um, and they're not, they're not all quirky, you know, and that's what I loved about the, um, the title was, uh, while it was quirky and it kind of is like, what is she talking about? It's still dealing with like day to day life. And I was finding that when I was releasing my thoughts, um, they had a lot to do with my vision and my goals for my creativity and for my artistry. And I just felt like I could really get that all out in that space and without any interruption. Um, so I'll get things like, uh, I, I will get just things that feel like quotes to me. Um, you know, like time, time is uh, not the keeper of good things, but the space in which good things uh, often like to come you know, those kinds of things would come to my mind. And I was like, I want to share that with someone, see if they feel the same. And, you know, I like, first off, that is very beautiful. And uh, like, it's, it sounds like it's, I mean, it's just so free flowing poetic. It feels like you didn't even have to craft that. And like, you know, as writers, yeah. <laughs> like, wait, no, it would sound better like this, like this. And it right. just came to you. That's amazing. And what I also am curious is that it just feels like now is such a good time to be a poet. Not that every time isn't a good time to be a poet. I mean, like, yeah. it's been important throughout history, but it just seems like now with social media and the fact that there's just no shortage of issues to talk yeah. about, 
that this is like the most opportune time for you to be able to be a poet in this space and share little lines and have it like valued differently, I think, through social media. So what's that yeah. being a poet? Um, ooh, uh, you know, I've been writing poetry since I was a little girl. I was always the one that wanted to write the poem for grandmother's birthday or, you know, I had to do things like that. Um, but I was always inspired by like Phyllis Wheatley and Maya Angelou and Nikki Giovanni, people that could, um, could really make the mundane or the simple things of life come to lie, uh, come alive and, um, make you think about life in a new way. And, um, being a poet today, I, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility for being an artist period, but there's a lot of responsibility if you're going to stand up and say, I'm a poet. Um, but I also feel like it's a space where you really can be creative, um, you know, with social media. I think that this day and age is allowing poetry to not be so scary. You know, I think people are, have really in the past been scared of poetry because they don't get it or they're like, what are you talking about? Just tell me plain. Oh, I um, hate that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what a metaphor is? <laughs> it to you easier with the metaphor <laughs> right. oh my um, <laughs> but you know it's like now you have a lot of young people who are uh, getting an opportunity to kind of tell their story through poetry and it's hitting people you know you're going to world stage um you know the anansi writers workshop or the poetry lounge um or you're just going to all these different spots where people want to express themselves and when I speak to young people about poetry um, one of my friends was a teacher and she would have me come to her um, class every year during the poetry segment to talk about poetry and all I would explain to the students is poetry is the same music that you're listening to you know it's really um, it's musicality it's lyrics um, it's saying something that you say every day in a way that you've never heard it before that's what poetry is to me. I don't, yeah, I think it's not that just the way you never heard it before, but it's yeah. so much your ears. I think it's much like your heart. Mm -hmm. your heart. Yeah, I think that's what's never been heard before. You're just yeah. With it. And what you said about being responsible as a, uh, taking the responsibility of being a poet and standing up and saying you're a poet, that was fascinating because yeah. it feels like if you're going to become a poet, you have. A certain responsibility to do like what exactly for in, in your um, you know I, I think the biggest thing is to tell the truth for yourself um, I think a lot it's easy for poets to um, start writing for oohs and ahs because just in the same in the poetry world you want to you want you want your poem to be liked you want people to think that you're you're smart and you're thoughtful and that you took the time. Um, but then there can be a, a deep, dark hole that you can fall into of trying to please people. And, um, you know, I don't really have, uh, I don't like to say that I have just one style. Um, I do more of a free flow, free verse poetry. Um, but I don't find, I don't put myself in a category of just I'm spoken word, you know, or I'm just a, you know, uh, a poet that likes to, likes for you to read her work. You know, I like to perform my work as well. 
Um, and so with all that, you can kind of get in this space of wanting to people please. And I think the biggest thing that, that we have as, uh, as writers who are poets and our biggest responsibility is tell the truth for ourselves and, um, and to write it how our, our skill set and our craft and our creativity, uh, which is specific to us, tells us how to do it and present it that way, no matter whether someone gives you a snap or clap or doesn't, as long as you, you said your, your piece and you said it the way you know you were to say it and you know that you didn't put a muzzle over your mouth, then I say that it's speaking the truth for yourself. So um, I also want to ask, was there a moment where you were a people pleaser and did you feel, cause we all like as writers, like I know for me and my, um, I'm not a poet, but I have to write for clicks and conversions. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and it, it actually ruined a lot of my writing, my creativity a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so did you ever find yourself in a space like that where you were just in that hole of people pleasing and attention? Um, I did find that find that when um, I got into, while I was at USC, um, I was in the creative writing program and I got into advanced poetry and um, I was the only African-American female in the class. Uh, and I was really excited that I got into advanced poetry because you had to apply uh, for that, that specific class. And in that specific class, I was the only African-American female, not out of the whole, you know, creative writing class. Um, and just being in the first course, you know, coming into the first class, I just, my confidence, I don't know what happened. I just got really, um, I wasn't, I didn't believe in myself. I figured I was just there because I was a token. Um, and it made me start I stopped writing with the confidence that I had and the truth that I had. And I started kind of doing things that I thought would be the right thing to do. And I kind of lost myself for a couple of classes, like three classes. And I was getting ran through like every, every, um, cause it was a workshop class. So every workshop class, I, my stuff was getting torn to shreds and they were right. They were absolutely right. And I remember emailing my teacher and just saying, I'm so sorry, you let me in this class and I'm letting you down. I'm not doing a good job. And I remember he didn't send me back some, um, it was St. John and he didn't send me back some long email. He just said, be the writer that I let into the class, you know, just write how you write. And I came back with, a poem about my grandmother's, my grandfather's passing, and it was called Cop Who's Homegoing. And I found my voice again, and I found it in a truer way because I got to see what it looks like when you, you, you doubt yourself because of the pressures of society, racism, life, all the things that you thought didn't affect you as much because I was a very confident person. But in that, as soon as you put advanced in front of it, I was like, am I that good? Uh, am I that you know, and I'm, it's not to say that I'm that good today, but when you question yourself uh, according to what other people and what other spaces look like or where you come from, um, and it really helped me to get my voice. And so now, even when I feel like uh, I'm having a hard time, 
in a space where I feel like my voice might be different than others, I still have the confidence to do it my way. You know, even if I don't think in that space, I'm going to get claps or snaps or, you know, all that stuff that we look for. (laughs) Yeah. But ever since you've done it your way, I mean, have you, have you really, it hasn't been that bad. Like I don't feel that doing it your way would ever lead to anything that would, cause people do know, like you said, they, they know something superficial or they know when something's hollow. Mm -hmm. But I think since you've done it your way, I mean, I'm just speculating you, you've been able to get claps and snaps and. Um, yes. Um, and then sometimes when there it's quiet in the room, I've learned one time me and my brother performed a song together. And I, I said, you know, people came up to us afterwards, but in the midst of it, um, I w- you know, sometimes you're trying to read people. Yeah. And, um, I think that there's a beauty to people also being uh, kind of in awe of what you're saying, or maybe just being quiet and receiving it and taking it in and maybe they'll get it, you know, a little later. Um, I feel like I connect I, because I, I really make it my, my purpose and to come in and connect with people. Um, but if I, if I don't, get an immediate like "Mm, oh yeah oh that sounds good you know I just know that people are listening they're taking it in and um but it I have had really loving receptive crowds and so I'm very grateful for that very grateful to to learn that art of connecting with people yeah because I think um people don't realize that it's so much of what you give and it's not necessarily Mm -hmm. you know um, them all eyes on you, right? It's everything. Right, right. Right. And it seems like if you're receptive with people that you know exactly what to offer them and exactly, I think they pick up on that, which is part of the beauty of reading poetry. So I'm curious, you're going from poetry to playwriting, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. now, playwriting, you would think New York, you know, in L.A., we, we go to writers groups and uh, one very particular writers group. that yeah. we, and, um, <laughs> yeah, and but everybody like they're screenwriters like I haven't met a playwright or actually I have, but I've, I've never been like this close to one. Mm-hmm. I'm interested like about this craft and why you chose it at this time. So tell us. Um, it's it's really interesting because when I first. Uh, graduated um, I my first thing that I did was write a play and um, it, it was entitled Papa Plays the Bass and I listened to Coltrane the whole time I wrote it my first draft was written with Coltrane in my headphones and I was on my bed and every night I was up just <laughs> typing away and my parents would be like aren't you going to go to bed I'm like no I've got things to do you don't understand uh, its flow okay <laughs> And you know what? I totally get. I I have certain albums that have been like the the soundtrack to some of my books. Yes, yes, yes. So (laughs) I wrote it, and I had a a great mentor at the time um, who helped me to do a lot of table reads with it. Um, But I needed to do a uh, a lot of editing, and so I did some editing, and then it kind of sat for a minute. It sat for, actually, it's not set for a minute. It's set for 10 years. Um, and I did, I went back to poetry. And recently after doing the, the uh, book and really finalizing what 
uh, Bless Your Sweet Bones um, was about because it's inspired by my grandmother. I felt like it was a honor to my grandmother and it's paved the way for me to now do uh, the play. And um, because I feel like I have a story that I'm telling and through the poetry, um, it's introducing grandma and now the play is an opportunity to introduce Papa because I've always been interested in theater. I think theater is so poetic and my, some of my favorite writers are Tennessee and, and August Wilson and they're poetic. They're they beautiful. are, they are beautiful. Like yeah. I, I will just sit there and read their work over and over and over again. And then I'll look, you know, as soon as I, someone is putting up a play, I'm like, I've got to go. No. <laughs> I know. I the first time I read Fences, um, I remember Rose's lines. Right, mm. a day late and a dollar short, and yes, man. I mean, it was just like, oh, it's so cold, but it was still so beautiful. Yes, the thing I really feel like those two things would connect poetry and playwriting, because you know you must be able to write dialogue easier. Dialogue so. Yeah. To create and especially dialogues that need to have a moment on stage where um and i also think that's probably why your performance elements help you yes. because you got to know when the audience is going to have that moment you know yes i wonder if uh if that helps because dialogue is it's so hard to oh, powerful it, it really helps it really helps i'm i'm grateful to have the desire and passion for acting and and performance, theater, and all that stuff, because it helps me. Uh, it's funny, because after I write a scene, I will uh, reenact it for myself. I will perform it for myself, and I'll perform it as each character. You know, I'll be like, you know, Mama said don't do this, and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. And I will, I will go all out, because I, I want to see, you know, will this sound, because I, I read novels out loud, too. Um, I perform perform chapters to myself when there's dialogue. Um, and so that's really helped me. And I'm very, very, um, very grateful for that. And sometimes it's helped me because the characters become their own people. And I don't have to really like stretch and strive for what they would say. I would just ask myself, okay, what, what would she say to that? Or what would he say to that? Or sometimes it just comes out, you know? Yeah. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, it's so weird when you're writing your characters and they just, they feel so real. They yeah. feel like they're almost real people. I know I feel that way too. And um, as far as acting out your, um, <laughs> the other day I was in writer's block, I'm sure Paul and I think it was James. <laughs> but I just could not figure out this one scene. And I was trying, this. it's in the scene, the girl falls off the ladder and hurts herself. And I'm trying to like lean over the stool and I'm like, how would someone fall? And I'm trying to lean over. <laughs> idiot but I was like guys I was trying to figure this out yes. <laughs> you have to act it out you're like okay because you you have to make it real you make the illusion yes. and um you you just have to see you know afterwards did did I do enough did I make it larger than life so it can be believable um, yeah you're not alone in that <laughs> you're the same I will do that too that's that's crazy but it helps because when you do read something that is not, uh, that does, it just isn't accurate or authentic, or you're like, what are you talking about? Or it's kind of like, oh, I've heard that before. You know, you're kind of like, okay. But when you read that writer who says, like Toni Morrison does that, 
Yeah. She's, I'm like, how did you, that is how it looks. Or that is how my hand looks when I'm holding a mug or, you know, it's just those simple little tiny things that really make your writing special. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's just the craft of carefully placing every word together and knowing what to paint and what to make real and knowing what's not important to, you know, yeah. picture. Um, and that's part of the struggle and the, the love, I think too. Yes. Love, like, that, making it's, it like, it's like editing, right? Oh, oh editing. Editing. No, you look at that. I'm in my, my rewrite of my book and I'm just like, my God, what was I thinking? Why was I writing? Sometimes I read stuff and I'm like, wow, I, I am, I get it now. Like this is yeah. when I was writing it, like, you know, cause I, my stuff, I have books that I'm working on that sat on my computer for 10 years too. So I, I know what it's like to, to go back and you were such a different person 10 years ago. Yeah. And you're thinking like, wow, I really thought this way, or is this, you know, would this make sense now? And it's, it's very surreal. And yeah. trying to change it to, to make it real now, but you still have to keep it real in the character's eyes. Yeah. It's such a, it's, it's such a delicate balance, but you know what? It is. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, no. <laughs> my baby. Um, and I know your play is the same way. And yeah. beautiful that you're, um, you know, um, my grandmother's in my, my story too. Nice. Yeah, and I know that you, you said you wrote poems for her, for her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's so sweet. So she must've, been an influence was she an artist too or was she someone that or just maybe your cheerleader or something <laughs> yeah my my I like to say that my grandmother was an artist and didn't know it or maybe she did know it I like to think that she did know it and maybe it's something that she just didn't get to pursue mm -hmm. um yeah my grandfather played the upright bass and he uh played jazz um, he played a lot at World Stage and Lamar Park and um, so many other places with so many well-known jazz musicians. And um, I think like a lot of times as women, sometimes we, and especially in that, during those times, um, some, your family becomes your art, right? And, yeah. you know, you being able to take care of everyone and be the matriarch of the family. And um, in a way, her art... Uh, it, in a lot of ways, not in a way, a lot of ways, her art inspired me because she would just say the in most interesting things, like instead of bless your sweetheart, it was bless your sweet bones. Or she would tell me these stories about her, her cousins and herself. And she played the piano and she could sing and she would harmonize with my mother. And um, those things really rubbed off on me. And she, she was a character in herself. And so I, I feel like I'm connected in a lot of her stories and, and her speaking. A lot of people tell me I have an old soul and I, I, I get it from her, you know, I get it from listening to her and my mom talk on the phone and, you know, um, she just was inspiring that way. She was inspiring. And I, I don't doubt that she had so much in her. And I feel like in a lot of ways, our ancestors and who've, who've come before us, we kind of are living out their goals and their vision, just like our, you know, those who are going to come after us, they're going to live out more of our vision or more into our vision than we thought we did, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I've, um, I've met this community of, um, 
of people, they're part of our spiritual practice and they believe in a lot of ancestor worship. Yeah. Come to, you know, I've been open-minded to their beliefs, of course. And they say that your ancestors um, will like talk with other ancestors of other people. And that's how like they open up opportunities for you. Hmm. Really interesting. interesting. Yeah, that is that an interesting are, concept. Yeah, you are living, they are living through you and they're still like opening up pathways for you through other ancestors that are living through other people. It was such an interesting concept that I had never heard of because it's not really a Western concept. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was absolutely wonderful because I was like, you know what? You never know. We call it fate. We call it universe. We call it angel and watching over us. You know, we know, but I think there's some truth to that, that they're, that they're breathing some, you know, I mean, why are we getting our ideas in the bathroom in the the car, right? breathing it into right, it right, right. Yeah. Like that's that's part of it and um yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely I, I definitely believe um that there is a god and that um there's a creative force that gives us inspiration and mm-hmm. I definitely believe that um my grandmother is just in a different dimension <laughs> or yeah. a different space that I can't necessarily um channel just by looking at it but I can channel it by listening um deeper with the heart kind of like what we were talking about before with poetry and uh, I do believe she's speaking to me um not in some weird (laughs) you know uh, come up and you know but uh (laughs) but she's speaking to me through me you know um with those stories and those things that she said inside of me and um And I trust in that. I definitely trust in that when I'm writing and whatever I'm doing, uh, that I have a group, a a strong, um, a strong community of ancestors behind me. And one day I will be one of those ancestors. And so I just want to honor them. Well, that's how I would want to spend eternity is that if I not only, you know, crafting words and stories in my lifetime, but to be able to help other lifetimes through whatever, you know, as yeah. a, yeah. I hope, I hope <laughs> me for that, but no, but yeah. I, mean, seriously, I mean, um, I always feel like Elizabeth Gilbert's Ted talk about like how the muse is responsible and it's okay that maybe you won't have another book as great as your first one. Like she was talking yeah. about love and she might never have another book as big as that. And that's okay. She said, when the yeah. comes to me, it comes. And um, I feel I feel the same way because before I used to just pressure myself and you know I got to make deadlines and things like that. But mm. I it it made me stop listening to those yes. not not crazy voices, but just like yeah. you said, it's like a heart voice and it's it's yeah. it's almost like intuition or inspiration at times. But you, yeah. it's something calling you to create and it's calling you to yes. do something important. And, yes, um, the more you try to just force and just force yourself through discipline, I feel like you lose it. So yeah. um, I think being around writers and our writing, our lovely writing community, um, yeah. definitely awakened that voice again and taught me how to listen to it. And I'm happy yeah. to see that other writers are listening to it too. Yeah. Like you said, they're finding their truth. They're being responsible. They're standing up and saying, I'm an artist and I want to live this. I want to share this message. And um, that's what I hope that listeners inspiring. are inspired to do. Yeah, yeah. It's really important. And I think what you're doing, the work that you're doing is so important um, to just hear and listen to other people, because sometimes you can feel alone. 
and or you can just feel like, am I the only one who is thinking about this? Or you want to just think about um, writing or or um, attack writing in a different way. And it's kind of or just any creative um, genre. And it's just that it's good to hear other people talk about um, their journey because it definitely is a journey. And so I think you're doing a, an amazing awesome great work and so I'm just I'm humbled to even be a part of it to share my story because we all have one and it all could help someone thank you thank you no I um you know you wake up every day and you try to like make more and do do bigger and better and I'm I'm happy honestly I'm happy to get creatives just getting there knowing that their work is important and yeah. knowing that you know I regret so many years of not creating and just working like yes a, a job and I don't, I don't want to see people go through that because there isn't anything I want to do for another day of that back. Now, mm -hmm. I ask you um, also, um, what is the next tier of success for you? Like, what does that look like as a, as a poet and right now in your career? Um, because, and has success been different? Like, has it been differently defined? Yeah. Since like you've been published and all these other things. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, success is definitely different. I think sometimes people think you get a book or you get something that's produced and then you've made it or like, Oh, now you're selling books. And you're like, yes, you are. But then there's like, there's like the first wave of like, yes, you're, let me get the book. You're a writer. And then there's like a second wave of like, okay, now I've got to get the people who don't know me. You know, I've got to get the people, you know, who um, need to know me that I feel would be um, excited to know that I'm doing this work. And that comes with a lot of work. And so I had to start understanding that success was doing the work, you know, as opposed to the outcome, you know, success was okay. I'm getting up every day and I'm contacting someone that would be interested in putting my book in their store or, um, I'm contacting someone that um, is connected to a uh, open mic and that I would want to feature, or I'm just simply marketing or, or advertising for myself. I'm making videos for myself because in a lot of ways um, I'm with an independent um, publisher. So they are excellent. They're awesome at getting the word out. Um, but then there's also a big responsibility on the artist as well uh, to do their work and their due diligence. Um, and so I had to, start making commercials for myself and start uh, kind of posting more because we are in that age, you know, I'm not big. I, I enjoy social media, but I do want to sit down sometimes and just binge. <laughs> Turn off the um, notifications. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But then there's times where I'm like, no, Melania, you gotta, you gotta do this or you gotta do that. So success for me um, has been just consistently doing what I know I need to do and trusting that as I'm putting, uh, planting seeds, you know, I'll continue to see a harvest and I'll continue to see them grow and sprout. And that's all I want to do is to really have a healthy, you know, day-to-day -day, um, connection with my work and with connecting other people to my work. Um, so success is success. I've changed that idea because it can really be, um, you know, you can start to beat yourself up. It can be self-deprecating. It could be, 
it can be tough. Um, but I'm excited that I consistently get a lot of support um, from my community. And so that, that supports me a lot and keeps me going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next no, I, level of success for me uh, is really just, I, I, I'm really excited about uh, um, the second book of poetry and that's connected to women um, and kind of connected to pregnancy and women and not so much pregnancy, but um, ideals and what people expect of women at certain times and lots of their lives. <laughs> um, and I want to speak to that because I went through that process and it can be an interesting um, and tough process. And so that's exciting. Um, and then I just really want to see that play on stage. That would be a super next level success for me. And that's what I'm, I am getting up every morning and, um, and fighting to do is to, to make this a reality. It's about time. Well, I would love to see that play because I, now that I know a little bit about your grandmother, I'm sure she's going to be a show-stopping character yeah. <laughs> together. So I would love yeah. to and I definitely know it's going to be a matter of when it's going to come out. Oh, thank you, Christina. That's awesome. And um, last question before we wrap up is, what is your advice to our creative listeners out there? Your best advice. Ooh, my best advice. Um, my best advice uh, would be to, to love yourself. Um, to love yourself enough to know that you are enough and your work is enough. Um, it's very easy to convince yourself that no one wants to hear what you have to say. It's very easy to convince yourself that, oh, this is stupid, or this has been done before, or, um, you know, I, I may not have what it takes. It's very easy to do that. And if I could encourage anyone on anything, it's, that is a lie. You are supposed to do that thing that you wake up in the morning thinking about every time you get on the bus, go to work, uh, get on social media, anything that you're like, I wish I could do that, do it. Do it now, do it today. It is not some, some silly dilly thing that you came up with one day. It, that, I think that's where you find your purpose is by doing the things that make you, fear, that make you fearful or that make you feel stupid. If, you, if either of those are the reasons why you're not doing something, I'm telling you, you should do it. If yeah. you do it, you'll be happy. <laughs> because, uh, and honestly, fearful, you need to feel the butterflies and yes. afterwards because you'll feel a million bucks once you do something scary. And then stupid, <laughs> you'll learn. You'll like gain mastery. Yes. You're like, I feel like an idiot when I write. I feel like... <laughs> Nobody, uh, you know, we're, and, and I agree, we're too hard on ourselves. Um, we let that, our message isn't important when it totally is. And yeah. it's, it stops us from ever finishing. And yeah, yeah. I 100% agree. It stops, it stopped me for 10 years. And yeah. all us listeners out there, um, just like she said, you are enough. Yeah. Voice is too important not to be heard. That's so, right. Thank you for this beautiful conversation, Melania. And to 
thank you so much for joining us tonight. Yeah, it's been a blessing, <laughs> and I'm so excited for um, the Savvy Creative um, podcast. You know, many blessings to come. Many more people on here sharing some 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 words to the to the wise. <laughs> I, I hope so too, because I want to make sure that every artist knows that the struggle is, we, we know the struggle. Yeah. So much beauty in it. And just, if you don't quit, you will get there. Yes. I want to tell you guys, uh, Melania's books, Bless Your Sweet Bones and The Hubble Commode are available now. I will put a link in the description below. And for all you creative minds out there, keep creating. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.